In March 2005, Yahoo announced Yahoo 360, a social media and microblogging site. Not unlike Facebook and MySpace, Yahoo 360 was meant to take the world by storm. However, owing to poorer technology and funding, at least compared to the competition, it seemed that Yahoo 360 was destined for failure. Market by market, the story played out the same. A rapid ascent, then demise. Except in Vietnam. Amid a desperate search for a foothold, Yahoo found an unexpected ally. Desperate for technological guidance, the Vietnam government entered into high-level talks with Yahoo, culminating in a partnership that promised to shape the nation's digital destiny. Simultaneously, Yahoo's strategic data center migration to Singapore sent a powerful signal to the Vietnamese youth. Yahoo would protect their data and, in consequence, protect any Vietnamese opinion. By 2009, Yahoo's influence in Vietnam was staggering. A whopping 95% of Vietnam's 20 million internet users engaged with Yahoo's products, and the brand found its way into every aspect of daily life. From face creams bearing the Yahoo insignia to preloaded pirated Yahoo software in local shops, it was a beautiful growth story. Until Yahoo announced terrifying news. Yahoo 360 would be closed in July 2009 due to lack of user growth. It's true that the rest of the world had not taken to Yahoo like Vietnam, but for the country. The end of Yahoo would represent a gaping hole. One that would send the company's tech industry into a tailspin, welcoming tech behemoths like Facebook, sparking the birth of countless startups, and even astonishingly, attracting the government themselves to step in and fill the void. Yahoo 360's departure would spark the war of the words. From 1UP Media, this is Empires, episode 3 of a four-part series, The War of the Words. Summer of 2009 was alive with a sense of urgency and ambition in Vietnam. A digital arena had been left open with the departure of Yahoo 360, and it would give rise to a thrilling battle, a contest that would evolve from a mere skirmish over desktop social media sites into a full-fledged war for mobile messenger dominance. As July unfolded, the stars seemed aligned for VNG. With a well-established revenue stream from licensing games and a constellation of talents with proven track records, the company appeared on the cusp of greatness. 
The aim was audacious. 1441, a code representing VNG's ambitious target. By the year 2014, they sought to claim the loyalty of an impressive 41 million users. Vuong Quang Kai, a brilliant mind nurtured at the prestigious Columbia University, had already launched Zing MP3 in mid-2007, quickly turning it into the most frequented website for music in Vietnam. The potential was huge. A further 20 million Yahoo 360 users lay within reach, and the path to surpassing their targets seemed clear. But time was of the essence, and the news of Yahoo 360's exit was spreading like wildfire. The Zing team had to act, and they had to act quickly. The question, though, was what social media platform to build? Here, the waters turned murky, and different paths intertwined. Officially, every Vietnamese company would deny copying Facebook. But to the discerning internet audiences, the resemblance was uncanny. Facebook itself had become a global phenomenon around 2008. In just four short months, Facebook's interface was translated into dozens of languages, including Vietnamese. Its smooth aesthetic and Western design were drawing the young Vietnamese to the platform. A quiet murmur was growing. And by the time Yahoo announced their exit, about a million Facebook users had sprouted in the country. Facebook was a sleeping giant at this time, with no Vietnam-dedicated team. It seemed almost intuitive for VNG to mirror Facebook and then infuse it with localized promotions and partnerships to outgrow this dozing behemoth. In August 2009, VNG's Zing team launched Zing Me, the first gladiator to enter the digital ring. The interface of Zing Me looked familiar, with a status bar, chat messenger on the side, and prominently displayed pictures. The opening salvos had been fired. The digital landscape was shifting, and the battle for the heart and soul of the Vietnamese internet user was underway. By the end of 2009, a digital wildfire was sweeping through Vietnam. Zing Mi, freshly launched, was igniting the scene, reaching 4 million visitors within the first four months of its inception. The secret to this meteoric rise lay not just in promotion, but in an unspoken, hidden strategy, bundling. By intertwining Zing MP3 with its enormous inventory of over 1 million songs and Zing Play, an online minigame portal, the Zing Me experience was seamless, reminiscent of a time in the early 2010s when one could play Farmville on Facebook while simultaneously enjoying YouTube. A year later, the registered accounts had overtaken Facebook. A remarkable feat 
in a dynamic market. By May 2010, other Vietnam tech giants who witnessed the growth of Zingme had joined the competition. Foremost among them was VTC, or Vietnam Multimedia Corporation. Established in 1988 to build TV stations, VTC had morphed into a multimedia powerhouse, reaching millions. In partnership with the Vietnam government, they launched Go.VN, a social media website with the aim to dominate. Boasting features similar to Facebook, where users could tag, poke, and unfriend, and coupled with VTC's extensive resources, Go.VN was a formidable contender. But ambition is a double-edged sword. Backed by the government, VTC had a bold target to hit. They had to exceed Facebook in six months, or they would have failed. Time passed swiftly, and as the months unfolded, their worst fears were realized. Six months later, VTC withdrew, pivoting from a social media platform to become a news portal. In retrospect, VTC's downfall was a harbinger of what awaited VNG. Despite matching Facebook and bundling with existing features, Go.VN never truly resonated with the local Vietnamese. In essence, it was a mere translation of Facebook, with many tabs to other websites. By the dawn of 2011, the battle lines were clear. VNG and Facebook were the remaining gladiators, locked in a duel where VNG seemed likely to triumph. Reports revealed that Zingme had attracted over 6 million website visitors, twice as many as Facebook. But beneath the illusion of success, a storm was brewing in the VNG offices. A seismic shift had begun years earlier, in January 2007, when Steve Jobs unveiled the iPhone. The device had divided opinions worldwide. Even the Microsoft CEO at the time had joked about it being the most expensive phone in the world. But by January 2011, no one was laughing as research agencies Gartner and IDC declared that smartphones had outsold PCs worldwide. Facebook had launched their first mobile application in July 2008 and had a formidable head start. VNG only entered the mobile arena two years later, leaving them to grapple on multiple fronts against Facebook's desktop and mobile applications. The battleground had expanded, and the stakes were now higher. VNG was no longer merely fighting for desktop supremacy, but navigating the complex world of mobile applications, all while their gaming division was pressed to expand beyond Vietnam's borders to maintain growth. 
Min, the founder of VNG, and Kai, the head of Zing's team, recognized the constraints of their resources across these multiple fronts. They were forced to convene a meeting to make a critical decision, one that would shape the course of their battle. Min, Kai, and the core team found themselves huddled in the conference room, the tension tangible in the air. The room, filled with a subtle hum of computers and the distant clatter of industry, held a hushed energy, thick with anticipation. Min, his hands outstretched on the table, broke the silence. We're stretched thin he admitted, his voice echoing the strain of the situation. We can't throw all our resources at every battle. We have to make some tough choices. Nods of quiet agreement filled the room. Each team member was painfully aware of the looming threat and the urgency of the situation. Min leaned back in his chair, his gaze contemplative. Remember how the desktop wave changed everything? How we rode on that wave with Zing MP3? The same is happening again. This time, with smartphones. Kai rubbed his temples, deep in thought. As the head of the Zing team, he bore the responsibility of the next strategic move. So... Should we deprioritize Zingmi desktop then? Possibly. Min nodded solemnly. This way, we can hyper-focus our resources on our mobile application and continue to strengthen our gaming division. The room's air seemed to thin, as if the very atmosphere was charged with the weight of the decision. And with that, the course was set. After 2011, those who watched the rise and retreat of the Zing team would observe a marked shift. Their once fierce pursuit of desktop supremacy seemed to have softened. Questions arose about scammers, inappropriate content, and even the authenticity of their user base. Doubts were whispered confidence wavered. Meanwhile, Facebook was relentlessly advancing, launching successful features and growing its reach. One of their most exciting updates allowed users to subscribe to news from other members as followers, birthing the era of modern-day influencers. In 2012, Facebook surpassed Zingme with 8.5 million users to 8.2, and the gap widened with every passing year. The desktop battle was over, and Zingmi, once a giant in the field, had transitioned to a niche social network for gamers. Mark Zuckerberg, creator of Harvard's thefacebook.com. If somebody was to put the question to you about the magnitude of what you think you've launched, how big do you think? the digital world was not done shifting. 
the winds of change were blowing again, this time in the mobile landscape. Mobile internet had become cheaper and faster, and the new era was dawning. In Asia, mobile chat messages transcended mere communication. They symbolized the dawn of the super app, a unified platform governing multifaceted aspects of daily life. In South Korea, KakaoTalk emerged in 2010, evolving into a hub where one could shop, bank, and even access government updates. China witnessed a similar phenomenon with WeChat. For the team at VNG, these regional trends were not lost. They understood the urgency to adapt, even if it meant sacrificing Zingmi. The transformation was radical. Almost the entirety of Zingmi was cannibalized, culminating in the creation of a new 80-man team, half of whom were engineers. You see, the demise of Zingmi wasn't an end, but rather a new beginning, giving birth to Zalo, destined to rise as Vietnam's number one mobile messenger super app. But the path was fraught with obstacles, and the journey was just beginning, laden with challenges and opportunities. In August 2012, Vietnam's mobile messaging world was a hive of innovation and competition, a battleground where global giants and regional challengers were vying for supremacy. The landscape was dominated by key players like WhatsApp, Viber, WeChat, KakaoTalk, and Line. Viber, a creation born in Tel Aviv in 2010, had seduced users with its free calls feature. In a world shackled by costly call charges, the idea of talking for free was a digital revolution. WhatsApp was not far behind, driven by their mantra of unlimited messaging. But a whisper of change was in the air. VNG's team a group seasoned in the art of digital transformation, knew they had to make a bold move. Their beloved Zingmi had been dismantled, its very essence channeled into a new mission to craft what would become Vietnam's answer to the mobile messaging giants. On the day of the announcement, eyes filled with anticipation, a VNG representative took to the stage. Today, we wanted to share some great news, he began, his voice charged with excitement. The Zing brand has always served Vietnamese people well. And like always, we would love to serve them again. Using the word Alo, merged with a Zing brand, we've created Zalo. Online, the buzz was visible. Screenshots of the application, tailored specifically to the Vietnamese market, sparked curiosity and hope. Here was a local hero in a global arena. But success 
is rarely straightforward. After an initial spike in interest, Zalo's numbers began to stagnate. Complaints started pouring in, voices of disappointment echoing through the digital space. The app is incredibly slow. I tried it, and I couldn't get past the first page. It's simply too slow. The team had stumbled in an unexpected way. Mistakenly employing a web design structure meant for desktop on a mobile platform. This misstep, coupled with the inconsistency of Vietnam's internet connections and the varied range of smartphones in use, led to the platform's dismal failure. What had been announced as a mere test launch had done little to ruffle their competitors' feathers. Instead of revolutionizing the industry, it seemed they had faltered at the starting line. To solve this issue, Kai, disappointed but still determined, quickly convened his team for a meeting. Kai's face was taut as he addressed his team in the conference room. The failure of the Zalo launch weighed heavily on them all. But there was no time to dwell on mistakes. They had to act, and act quickly. Look, I won't sugarcoat it, Kai began, his voice firm. We made a crucial mistake in designing for mid-tier devices and stable connections. We forgot the reality of our market. Our users are struggling with slow internet, and we didn't account for that. The room was silent, save for the hum of the air conditioning. The team's faces reflected a mix of frustration and determination. They knew the task ahead would be immense. (sighs) We need to redesign the entire app for the slowest internet from the ground up, Kai continued. This means long hours and a brutal schedule. Starting tomorrow, we'll be working from 9 a.m., ending at 11 p.m., seven days a week, including weekends. I'll be with everyone on the same schedule. The room's atmosphere grew tense, but they all understood the importance of what they were trying to accomplish. The next launch will be in November 2012, Kai stated, his eyes scanning the faces of his team. We have only one chance to get this right. We have to be faster, more efficient, and more in tune with the needs of our users. The failure had been a harsh lesson. But as we soon learn, it will galvanize the team, uniting them in a common goal. The Zalo team would not make the same mistake twice. In November 2012, a new version of Zalo was born. The release went smoothly, the app stable, yet it failed to create ripples in the competitive market. The Zalo team, however, was relentless. The clock was ticking, the calendar flipping, and they toiled away driven by their mission. 
updates rolled out, each one a step closer to perfection. The app became more stable, more user-friendly. By February 2013, a decisive update had transformed Zalo into a competitor to be reckoned with. Right before Lunar New Year, Zalo provided many new features, among which included drawing and voice messages to each other. Drawing instantly became a hit, as many Vietnamese youths would send their own creative outbursts to each other. The update in February 2013 was definitive, as news publications began picking up on Zalo with headlines. Finally, Vietnam has a reliable product that keeps up with other competitors, KakaoTalk, WeChat, Line, WhatsApp, or Viber. The competition was not only warming up, but it was also beginning to focus its gaze intently on the burgeoning Vietnamese market. WeChat, having made its Vietnam debut in April 2012, was ramping up its marketing efforts flooding the airwaves and billboards with promotions. Meanwhile, KakaoTalk pursued a different angle, weaving itself into the cultural fabric by sponsoring major events like Miss Teen, one of the country's most significant youth competitions. In a smart nod to local customs, they launched exclusive Vietnamese New Year stickers to celebrate the Year of the Snake. These stickers, playful cartoonish images sent between users, had taken on a profound cultural resonance today, particularly in high-context and courteous Asian countries like Thailand, Korea, and Japan. These visual tidbits became an eloquent and unthreatening way to express genuine emotions. Stickers started to spread across the region, turning from a novelty into a necessity. By 2012, two messengers were leading the charge in Vietnam, KakaoTalk and Lion. By early 2013, WeChat, KakaoTalk, Lion, and Zalo were neck to neck, each boasting about 1 million users in Vietnam. It seemed like the race might be long drawn if not for a little bit of luck. Turns out, for both KakaoTalk and Line, Vietnam as a market was deprioritized in favor of Indonesia, home to a booming 300 million strong population. It became a magnet, attracting investors and overseas titans away from Vietnam. And as for WeChat, a huge PR scandal was upon it. Off the eastern shores of Vietnam, the South China Sea presents a mosaic of tiny islands, like the Spratly Islands, no more than two square kilometers in size, virtually covered by their own names on the map. Among these waterways lies a region disputed by six nations, two of which are Vietnam and China, and marked by what Vietnamese call the cow's tongue. This name is given to a swath of water shaped like a literal cow's tongue, 
known internationally as the Nine Dash Line. It's an area fraught with tension, invisible to many, but resonating deeply with national pride and identity. In this geopolitical tangle, tech giants Google and Apple found themselves in an uncomfortable position. Desiring partnership with China, they were compelled under Chinese law to recognize the cow's tongue on their map software. The marking was subtle, only appearing if the geographical and language settings were aligned to Chinese specifications. It was a choice that would have profound consequences. In February 2013, a Vietnamese user of WeChat, with his settings left to Chinese, stumbled upon this geopolitical mark. The cow's tongue was not just a line on a map, but a symbol of a broader struggle, a source of nationalistic fervor. His post caught the eye of his fellow countrymen, snowballing into full newspaper reports and even reaching official Vietnamese government websites. The spark ignited a firestorm. Calls for boycott started spreading like wildfire, burning anything associated with WeChat in its path. Even Bauti, a famous Vietnamese singer who had advertised for WeChat, had her advertisements defaced. A combination of competitor priority, missteps, and superior localization had Zalo pull ahead. By May 2013, they reached 2 million users, turning the landscape into a three-horse race between Viber, WhatsApp, and Zalo. But this was no endpoint. Rather, it was a fleeting moment in a relentless battle, a war on words that was now spilling into the broader realm of social media. The following year, in February 2014, a seismic shift occurred. Facebook, the social media behemoth, announced the acquisition of WhatsApp for $19 billion, owning not just the most popular messenger in Vietnam, but the world. From 1UP Media, this is Empires, Episode 3 of a four-part series, The War on Words. Next in Empires, we'll learn the pivotal moments that had Zalo rise up on top against Facebook and the acquisitions that transformed VNG to become the Tencent of Vietnam. Follow us so you won't miss out on episode 4 of our four-part series, Kill the Messenger. Empires is a one-up media original, produced and written by Guang Jin, edited by Alex, audio experience by Ethan Sam, additional engineering by Ashley from One-Up Media, and narrated by Luis Cruz. International research by Sonia, Kuyet, and Jiamin from One-Up Media. A quick word on our reenactments and dramatizations. 
while we can't know exactly what they say, think, or feel at the moment, it is all based on research. Thank you for listening. <laughs>